Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. In today's extra credit, we'll be going over the archetypes and two example builds for the investigator. Which was like your favorite class from this book so far, right? Definitely. Uh, so as we know, investigator gets investigator talents, they get inspiration, they get their poison-related stuff, and then, you know, that's really all they get. So their talents are really where they're focused in. So let's let's look at what they get replaced for their archetypes. For the most part, we'll see it's going to be the poison resistance right. and the poison lore. That's going to be the most commonly replaced thing. And we're always going to ask ourselves, is the thing we're getting comparable or better than the thing we're losing? So the first archetype we have is the empiricist. The empiricist was touted as like the Sherlock Holmes type of archetype where you use your keen intellect over anything else. At level 1, they get the ability to use their intelligence modifier instead of any other modifier for disabled device checks, perception checks, sense motive checks, use magic device checks, diplomacy checks, but only when gathering information, and this replaces both poison lore and poison resistance. Isn't this just like one of the talents you can grab? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, but it's similar to some talents that let you use like inspiration for free. Yes, and you can stack these with this and have your skill checks be even higher. But this, oh, okay. So until so for all these, the disabled device was dexterity, perception, sense, motive were wisdom, and use magic device and diplomacy were for charisma. So now you took away those three stats, and you tactically only need int to be good at them now. Gotcha. And then you can use inspiration on them if you take the right talents. So I should make my archetype empiricist. Maybe put my intelligence at like maybe eight, and then just boost strength. Mm-hmm. And um, then you drink a mutagen and right. uh, okay, cool. like a two-handed weapon. <laughs> All right, awesome. Just like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> At level four, they replace swift alchemy with a bonus on saves against illusions. Any illusion you can disbelieve, you just get the plus two on it as if it were poison resistance. And you can spend one point of inspiration to use your intelligence modifier instead of your wisdom modifier on illusion-based saving throws. Well, that's like... Obviously, it's interesting. It's not like, hmm, how do I put this? Like, you can get this from just having, like, different, um, what do you call those? Templates have this. Templates? Yeah, templates, like if you make yourself a skeleton and all that stuff. Well, how often do PCs get templates? I don't know. How good are your GMs? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I don't know. Saves against illusions? I can't remember the last time I threw an illusion at my player. Could be I'm just a bad GM who's not having enough variety. But I don't know. It it does scale up and eventually become immune to illusions that allow disbelief. So you basically walk around and you're like, nope, 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 where's the real guy? Come on. Uh, but, you know, because you're not using poisons anymore, the swift alchemy is a little bit better. But, I mean, you still... We have to remember, we're replacing swift alchemy, which is just the ability to make alchemical items faster. So if you're not going to bother making alchemical items, this is just a straight upgrade right but that's a lot of the flavor of of this character you could still make alchemy you just don't make it fast right all right well it's not it's not replacing a whole lot of combat things There's to a, get something combat so if you're more combat oriented maybe this is for you at level 20 um they changed the capstone a bit typically the uh previously the capstone was Whenever you roll inspiration, you basically roll twice as much inspiration, and you can use it on all skill checks, even untrained. Um, they changed it to, for this archetype, is you can spend inspiration on all skill checks, even untrained. You can spend it on all ability checks, and you can even spend it on initiative checks, which is the really interesting one. I will go first, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait there. You stand down. And ability checks is a weird one, because you could have, like, ten strength and just suddenly roll... High on your inspiration, be like, "Oh yeah, brother! <laughs> Let go of me, Cthulhu!" <laughs> Is that this build? You can either be like Sherlock Holmes, or you can snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> so the Empiricist, um, just the the int part of it's really interesting. The rest is so so, but I don't th- I don't see any problem with this archetype. It's fine to pick. Honestly, I mean, if you're not going to use poison use, there's no reason not to replace it with something like this. Mm-hmm. Right, let's talk about the infiltrator. Infiltrator is an archetype that's all about disguising and infiltrating. Does he wear like a black cat suit and crawl through vents and tunnels and stuff? He wears whatever he wants to wear <laughs> to fit through. 
At level one, instead of getting trap finding... Ooh, 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 and is the cat suit, like, have, like, a v <laughs> Like, it can zipper up all the way, or, I'm sorry, lace up all the way, but, but you doesn't don't. do the top. You don't no, do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you just said, dude. Very tight on the butt, like, you can't fit anything else between there. It's just... Talking those cheeks. Dude, why are you wearing that? Because <laughs> I need to break in. You mean like, like a bear of a man who's like hairy, you know, thick, right? He's in this thing. I'm the infiltrator. <laughs> He's like bursting out of the seams. There's like a lineup of enemy mooks. But the best part He's is... just in the middle with his hairy chest coming out of his cat. He's like, oh, he fits in. The best part is like... We have a traitor amongst our mitts. Who could it be? <laughs> He's like the best at his job. He does it so well. He gets it every place. So at level one, in place of trap finding, you get a reduced penalty when you disguise as, say, another race or another gender. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing over the idea of everyone lined up <laughs> being super unsuspected. <laughs> like, I don't know, yesterday, boss, I just want to talk about Johnny. He was saying some pretty mutinous stuff. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I understand Johnny. I love his family. I understand. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know about him. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we'll just kill him. Well, yeah, well, Bob, you know I trust you. I've, even though I've only known you for about ten minutes, I feel like I feel like I've known you for a lifetime. I'm going to take your word on this one. My my eyes are up here, sir. <laughs> and the best part is he does not wear a cup. Let's go on to the infiltrator. Continue on. Tell us about him. Aside from all our little jokes, in place of trap finding, you get a reduction on penalties associated with disguising as, say, you know, the different gender. A uh, different race, a different size category, he gets a pretty good reduction on those penalties, making it much easier for him to disguise as anything he wants. It's going back to our guy, he puts on a blonde wig, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Lady Elizabeth, I did not know you were here. You're already back. Yes, it is me, Lady Elizabeth. <laughs> You're already back from your trek to the north. How did the diplomacies go? Very well good. <laughs> Oh, I see. <laughs> now, the, the good thing about that impersonation is that once you hit level two, they actually get something to help them impersonate voices, so he can sound just like Lady Elizabeth. Oh, really? Instead of getting poison lore, you can make a special disguise check to disguise your voice. You make a disguise check, people oppose it with a perception check to see if they notice that you're faking your voice, but you can sound basically like anything. That's unique. Is there anything else that lets you do that? There is a spell, I think, like vocal alteration or something like that, that does something similar, but this is the only way like you can do it in a mundane fashion. Good. Oh, that's awesome. And it's just with a disguise oh, check. It's awesome, but it's unique. So like you could take skill focused disguise or you could do anything to pump your disguise, spend inspiration on it, and basically you're undetectable. Right. I am a goblin. I am part of your team. <laughs> we should let these people through. It's like, it's like your team gets captured, right? And he's like the only one who's not captured. He has just like a goblin's hat head that he scalped off on top of his head. Still wearing the black hat suit. Hannibal Lecter style. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, what should we do with the intruders? Oh, I say let them go. <laughs> that was a great idea. <laughs> you sound just like me. Are you me? I am, and you're me. Oh, no. Somebody kill me. I'm an intruder. <laughs> now, also at level two, they get one more ability. They also lose poison resistance. So you lose everything associated with poison and trap finding and trap sense in order to get these bonuses of disguise, but they're really good. You lose poison resistance, but any extract you use that is involved with disguising, like disguise self alter self things um you could argue even like the bestial ones that make you more bestial to disguise as a bestial race are greatly enhanced you get like a plus 10 on your disguise checks he grabs a basket and an egg and goes i'm a bunny easter came early <laughs> <laughs> yes i did all right uh let's talk about so this is this is i like this archetype i don't because it's like barely anything you have written here it's an NPC archetype Oh, no, 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 the infiltrator I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, well, this could be an NPC architect because all this is, <laughs> is disguise. Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? No. Oh, I can't use that reference, though. Well, use, I'm sure our listeners have. I'm sure one guy, we know about that one guy out there listening that will get your Twin Peaks reference. Is this like a, like a, a Boy Meet World kind of, kind of show? No, 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 it's a old, campy um, investigation. Put in Twin Peaks... There's a character in the show, he's kind of an antagonist, his name's Wyndham Earl, and he's like the main antagonist kind of adversary of the main character, right. 
and he puts on the most ridiculous disguises, but they're actually really good because when you first see him in a scene, it, he kind of looks like a normal person. But he's like supposed to be like this BBEG type person, and he takes on the most mundane like. I'm a chambermaid. Like he shows, he's eating at a restaurant one time, and he's like dressed up as a motorcycle gang member, and he has like this big ridiculous wig on, and he has like tattoos on his face and hand. Cool, cool. And he just shows up and like listens to people, and he looks completely normal and has these absolutely absurd disguises on. Gotcha, gotcha. I think he does a Miss Doubtfire thing at one point. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> So this is the Wyndham Earl arch- archetype. Yes. Archetype. Actually, Wyndham, win be... and dominate. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it would be perfect for the Wyndham thing this archetype does do, though, is it does something like, if you want to be the best at disguise, this is the archetype to take. There's nothing else that's going to be as good as disguise as this. Right. Like, I feel Unless like you're like a level 20 wizard. Like, obviously, they're going to be the best at everything. Of course. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. At level 2, you could do this. This is just a level 2. Suddenly, you're like, I'm anyone I want to be. Right. Mr. President. <laughs> All right, we've had enough jokes with literally the shortest one on this list. <laughs> Let's go on to Mastermind. Tell me about him. The Mastermind archetype, I see it as an NPC archetype. Like, it'd be kind of weird for someone playing this in a party. At level one, um, they change up inspiration. Instead of using it on spellcraft and linguistics and knowledge checks, you can use it on diplomacy and intimidate and knowledge checks for free. At level one, you lose trap finding and trap sense. Instead, you get this really, really weird ability where you take, you pick one of your allies or friends, and you sit down for ten minutes and have a little chat with them. After this ten minutes, they can go make a skill check in either diplomacy or intimidate using your ranks in that skill, and you can spend inspiration, and they will benefit from the inspiration when they make that check. So the reason it's called Mastermind is like, he tells them a lie or something, or he tells them to go talk to someone else so that he doesn't have to go do it, and then they talk almost as well as he does. Listen, this guy really likes kicking pigs. If you go over there, you yeah, just, just uh-huh. kick a pig, mm-hmm. and he Which, will... What kind? If it's pink, the pinker the better. All right, I'll yeah. tell you that mm-hmm. right now, all right? You kick a pig, and you'll be in. He'll listen to anything you say. What you can wax... Spots? What, what wax, spots? Oh my gosh, what's that saying? Wax. Wax. What's happening, boss? <laughs> Wait, no, I need to know what that saying is. You can wax. Oh. Regardless, I've even le- forgotten where we left off in our... Something about kicking pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you look really excited about this, Christian. The point is, he'll do whatever you say. So kick that pig, and that guy will tell you right where the burning orphanage is. All right, got it, boss. I'll use your ranks. Uh, did you spend inspiration? <laughs> uh, now I did. All right, good. <laughs> Give me that plus four. And, like, I could kind of see... That's that our I... first pig reference in a while now. We've we've been off the ball referencing the. Are the, you sure we might just be doing it subconsciously now? <laughs> referencing the one picture at the back of this book, and guys, you know we're not going to stop making that reference when we're done going through all the classes. I mean, we will continue to do this. <laughs> the, pic- the picture says anyway. <laughs> let's get back to it. Um, this does increase at later ranks. Um, they get a smaller bonus, and then later. I believe it's any skill in which you can spend inspiration for free, you can confer to an ally. Which gets really weird, because you can confer, like, climb checks to people, and you can confer, use magic device checks to people. No, grip, grip the whole... John, use your entire hand. <laughs> <laughs> and now, that's just at level one. At level four, they get the ability that when they are the target of an attack, they can spend two points of inspiration, and, you know, you roll one inspiration die, and you apply that inspiration roll as a penalty to their attack roll. Gotcha. If you happen to get combat inspiration, you only spend one point of inspiration. This replaces swift alchemy. So again, you don't make alchemical aims as fast, but you can just confer that check to someone else and have them do it for you. Awesome. Now, this the next one's interesting. At level 9, they become... The Mastermind becomes immune to any divination effect that provides a saving throw. And this replaces their level 9 talent. Now, not only that, if they are the target of a divination spell that does not offer a saving throw, the Mastermind can think in any language he knows. So if the person trying to divinate on you does not know every language you know, they cannot read your mind. Wait, I don't understand. Why couldn't I normally think in a language I know? I don't know, but they specifically point it out because they put the little line in there. If they have... Unless the opponent's reading a mastermind's thoughts, speaks all the mastermind's languages, attempts 
at thought reading automatically fail. Oh, interesting. So I guess if you said you were thinking a certain language, it would work, but this can this automatically assumes that you're thinking in the best possible language. No, they need to speak all of your languages. Yes. So if you just take, um, I don't know, Abyssal, and then, you what, know... What if you make up your own language? <laughs> what if the DM lets you make up your own or language? Or like Aslanti or something, like something that like no one else has. <laughs> but, oh wait, I forgot, magic, Com- level one spell, comprehend languages... Sorry, Mastermind. <laughs> you got fluked by a level, a level one, one spell. spell. Well, you know what? At least put it this way. Who's going to have that level one spell prepared? Oh, no. <laughs> I just prepared eight slots of magic missile. <laughs> hey, listen. It's like in Hearthstone. I'm Ronin now. I'm just shooting it left and right. I just need Malagos. You have to die first. <laughs> the only way to beat the Mastermind. I'm already dead. <laughs> I've been married for five years. I'm already dead. <laughs> so this, like I said, I don't, like, if there was someone in my party that did this and sat down with that character for ten minutes and was like, all right, this is what you're going to say. This is what you're going to do. You're going to look them right in the eyes. You're going to talk about this subject. I'd be like, this is kind of weird. Right, right. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, to play my, by myself. Like, I wanted to come up with some stuff. <laughs> but it's a great BBEG thing. It's good if it's like you're doing it to the barbarian. Like, the, then I hit him with an axe. No, Urgot. Ur, what, Urgot. No, Urgot. You do not hit him with an axe. But when he Never talks, hit him with an axe. When he talks to me, he invokes an attack of no, opportunity. No, 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 no. Forget about... Give me the axe. Give me the axe. No. Does that provoke? <laughs> like, a total NPC archetype, I feel. The BBG sends books after you to make intimidate and diplomacy checks. Which, again, that would be kind of weird, because, like... I never really make intimidate checks against the players as a GM because, mm-hmm. like, um, they succeeded at their check to beat your DC guys, so you're shaken now. Right. <laughs> like, the, either the things right. they say intimidate the players or they don't. Yeah. It's, it, it, you can't say, like, okay, the numbers say you're all scared, guys. This is something that I'm going to miss for a little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about more, like, when we get into our, our, our 200 series. Um, this is something that I kind of, if I'm doing something against a player, I kind of try not to have roles. I kind of let it happen. Like when when a player asks me, can I sense a motive him? I always kind of, I don't let them know, but I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, well, do you think he's lying or do you not? Like, I kind of hate that they can just sense motive things. And like I said, I don't try to intimidate them. I, I just, sense motive to me is more of like, that way an NPC can tell whether or not they're lying. Because you as a GM always know. So, things like that, I do try, like you're saying, to just act it out. But some people aren't big actors. They're more into... You know, playing the combat, and they might not, they might really rely on those roles. So, you know, like, everyone's I, different. I don't mind it as much from the PC to NPC perspective, but from NPC to PC perspective, it's weird. I, I just wouldn't want my DM to be like, he rolled high enough, you're scared of him. Right. It's like, well, he just came up to me and said, pig. I don't understand. It doesn't mean anything to me. I didn't know that pig. I don't know this guy. Matter of fact, I had bacon for breakfast. But you know what it is? I think the pig died, and I want to cook it up now. I'm kind of hungry. You might have – there's always problem players, or even if they're not problem players, just little quirky players who, like, think they're the biggest, most awesome badass and, like, nothing can intimidate me. And you're, like, trying to show them, hey, listen, he does intimidate you, so you might have to force a role like that mm-hmm. to, to, to yeah, force him to be intimidated. You, you could be, like, intimidating someone, like, no, really, I'm going to cut off your arm. And the PC would be like, yeah, go ahead, do it. No, right. really, I'm going to kill your whole family. I don't have any connections to this role-playing world. Do it. Right, I'm not right. scared because I'm the p- player, and not the, the only PC. Way, and the only way previously, like, I would think it was, like, fine, that he actually cuts off his arm. And then the guy's pissed, right? And then, like, it just creates a whole bunch of problems. <laughs> Instead of being, like, mortified, he's right. angry. <laughs> right, right, right. So s- sometimes, you know, just the intimidate check. But there's been our little our little sidestep. Let's, let's move on. Uh, what's our final thoughts on the Mastermind? Weird. Swarded by a level one spell. I don't personally like it that much. I think the, I think the conferring ability check thing is, like, something, if an NPC was doing it, I would just say they're doing it and mm. confer a bonus to the check. And if players do it, I just find it a little weird, especially right. if they do it to each other. Right. It, 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 would, it, it would take some, I think, players working together. If everybody's interested in that, it would work out Yeah, well. like, I would say first, like, guys, if I did this, would you be cool with it? Right. And someone might be like, yeah, my player would listen to you. This my is character you have, would like, listen to yours. Yeah, you for you know, people that are, you know, um, the word in my mind is sub, but what's the word? Uh, the other word. Um, introver- introverts. You got one like outrovert, and like they all naturally just let him be the you know like the the leader of the group, and like he lays out the map, and you know he kind of plans things. 
that might work. All right, enough with him. Talk about the sleuth. This is one that I was super looking forward to, and I'm incredibly disappointed in. Aww. And it's one of the ones that I feel like was rushed and wasn't completely finished. We have the sleuth, which is one of the archetypes, one of the two archetypes we have that replace alchemy in its entirety. You do not get any alchemical potions. Instead, at level one, the sleuth gets a pool of luck points. These are very, very similar to grit points and panache points from the swashbuckler. Uh, they run off charisma instead of anything else. So you have a pool of inspiration, which is its own thing, and which then you int. yeah, and then you have your pool of luck, which is charisma. running off of charisma. So first of all, it took away your your spells, and then it made you a multi attribute dependent class, which right. right off the bat is kind of weird. But I get I see where they're going. All right. So how how, how does the luck pool work? Um, you get points back not by killing people like Grit and Panache, but instead if you roll a natural twenty on a knowledge or sense motive check. Or if you roll a six or higher on an inspiration roll, you get one luck point back. Okay. Now, the six or higher is uh, significant because you eventually can roll d8s, meaning that you can potentially be getting a lot of luck points back in a day. And you could be spending a lot and you could be getting them uh, back a lot. So what can we do with these luck points? You get a handful of deeds you can use with your luck points. When I say a handful, I literally mean a handful. You get three at level one, you get two at level four, and you get one that you can use at level five and higher. Some of these are, are um, dares. Like, run like run like hell, I think, is a dare. A dare, it's, for you guys who don't know, is if a uh, gunslinger runs out of grit points, dares become active. Right. But it's one they can spend their points on. So so there are things that could be used. Like I said, you can potentially get a lot back in a day because it's just rolling six or higher inspiration or a natural 20 on a skill check. But let, let's just go through them real quick. Like you said, run like hell, spend one of your points as a swift action, you get like a plus, what, 30 to your move speed for that turn? Plus 20. Plus for 20 minute, to your move speed. For one minute. For one minute. Know what else does that? You get plus four AC to your bonus depending on how far you move. Know what else gives you a speed bonus what? for a long time? At level one extract, expeditious repeat, retreat, extraditious repeat, extraditious <laughs> repeat, extraditious repeat, extraditious retreat. <laughs> Let's see, what's the other one? One gives you evasion. Actually, you spend a point of luck, and you basically act as if you have evasion against this Oppor- reflex saving throw. Opportunistic evasion. Yeah. That that one's pretty good, and that's one of the other ones you get at level but one. Sluice initiative. I get a plus two on initiative checks, as long as I even have a point, and you have to spend one. And part of my initiative, I can pull out a weapon if I have quick draw. I mean, it's all right, but is it worth losing all your spells? No, because with quick draw, I literally just have to move to get my weapon out. Now, the ones you get at level four are... Oh, the other one you get at level one is daring, which is you spend a luck point and you roll 1d6 when you make an acrobatics check, climb check, escape artist check, fly check, ride check, or swim check. And you add that to the result. If you happen to roll a six, you roll again and add another one. And if you roll a six on that one, you, you know, continue doing that, so on and so forth. Interesting. Second chance, when you roll inspiration die or use a daring deed. A daring deed. Daring deed. Daring deed. The daring deed, I think they mean. Daring. Oh, the daring deed. Gotcha. Yes. I like it if they were all called daring deeds. <laughs> uh, you could spend one point to re-roll the inspiration or the daring deed die. The daring deed die. <laughs> the DDD. Indeed, I like the Daring Deed die. Indeed. If you roll six or higher, he does not regain a point of luck. Aww. And the last one, which um, they had to errata because it was kind of written funny. Whenever you make a studied strike, which is when you end your studying on somebody and hit them for the extra D6, you can apply any of the f- investigator talents that apply to studied strike as part of that attack. You just have to meet the prerequisites. So you don't actually have to take any of those feats, but you have access to all of them. And it, how long would it take me to get all of these deeds, these daring deeds, I like to call them? You get all of them by level 5. You get 3 at level 1, you get 2 of them at level 4, and then the last one, the first time you can use a studied strike deed is at level 5. Alright, so you're telling me that I'm losing all my spell casting, mm-hmm. or in this case, potion extracts making. and potions, to get stuff that at level 5 I'm done with. What do I get beyond level 5? Nothing. 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 That's mm. This is all you get. Which is why mm. I say that I feel like 
this isn't finished because if you look at any other class that uses deeds as its main thing, they get them every other level. Gunslinger gets it at level 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 15, 17, 19. You know, same with Swashbuckler. 1, 3, 5, 7, so on and so forth. Sleuth. 1, 4, 5, done. If there was more deeds, would you consider this to be Definitely. worth it? Definitely. Yes. Okay. They, don't have, they don't have enough deeds, and they don't have any of them that really scale well into the late game. Like, you know, my some of the extracts are incredibly powerful that you can drink and, like, could change the way you build your character. All these are, like, really, really mundane. Hmm. I mean, I really like the flavor. I agree, I agree with you. And I would take this in, like, a low magic campaign or a no magic campaign. This makes Investigator an option. It's true. And I love the flavor of it. I don't mind building a multi-attribute dependent class. I just feel like it's, like, take away all my extracts and give me Can not I combine enough. this archetype with other ones? Basically any of them so far. All it replaces is... Well, there's that. Yeah. If you're doing a no magic campaign. All right, well, we're done with them then. Yeah. We don't you like you can formulate your own opinions on them. Maybe you think these deeds... Maybe I'm missing something with these deeds. Maybe they're better than I'm giving them credit for. The evasion no, ones... No, I agree with you. The evasion one's definitely good. Getting evasion... It's, but it's not worth losing all your magic. Yeah, magic is the be-all, end-all. I've agreed know. with you too much. I have decided before reading the next one that I'm going to disagree with whatever you feel about the next one. So tell us about the spiritualist so I can disagree with you. I am so indifferent to it. <laughs> well, I am. St- I feel strongly on both ways. I both <laughs> like and dislike it. <laughs> the spiritualist, this one also replaces alchemy in its entirety. You don't get extracts per day or anything like that. But this one actually gives you something somewhat comparable to losing spells because it kind of gives you spells back. The spiritualist communes with spirits as per their name. So at level one, instead of getting alchemy, you get a number of communes per day equal to your investigator level plus your wisdom modifier. Communes we haven't gone over, but that's a... No, this is like its own mechanic for this class. not from another class? No. Okay. This is its own thing. Uh, this is equal to your investigator level plus your wisdom modifier. So again, it's made us have to care about another attribute. You now have to care about wisdom in addition to intelligence because you still have all your int-based stuff. Using a commune, you can mimic a lot of spells as spell-like abilities that take one minute to cast. You can cast stuff like augury, detect secret doors, uh, legend lore, which gives you information on knowledge checks. It's all a bunch of spell-like abilities. There's not a lot of them, but there's stuff that the investigator wouldn't have access to in the first place. And you get a fair amount of them per day. You know, your level plus your wisdom modifier, that ain't, that's respectable. That's a good amount. This does make you multiple, multiple attribute dependent now, though, right? Wisdom yes. And int. You need to, I would say you need at least 14 wisdom. Possibly more, as we'll see. So level two, you lose poison lore. Again, we always lose poison, poison lore. You can't identify poisons anymore. Instead... Uh, you get bonuses to saves against death effects. Similar to poison resistance, except now it's against death effects. At level 3, you don't get trap sense. Instead, this is actually a really powerful ability they get. Instead of getting trap sense, you can spend one commune to re-roll a saving throw you have failed. That is a powerful one. That's a re- re-rolls are very, very powerful. And this is like a non... It's only when you f- It's just when you fail one, you can choose to re-roll it. Like, sometimes it'll be like, oh, only if you roll an actual one. This one is just flat out. So many times per day, you can reroll saving throws. That's nice. At level four, you can spend one use of your commune. And for one minute, you get your wisdom modifier to both your AC and your saving throws. Uh, just for the, the whole minute. Well, for a minute, it's good. Because a minute, that's ten rounds. Yeah. So that's really good, actually. It's not just one round, which I expected. But it raises the question, which I'm not sure of, is does this take a minute to cast, like, my commune stuff? It doesn't specify what type of action it is, so I have to kind of assume it takes a minute, just like the rest of my uses of commune. Right. So I kind of have to use it before combat. So it's kind of like you walk up to the boss door. That's like, oh, wow, we're really going to have a fight on the other side of this door, and then you buff yourself right you might sit there for a minute like oh, let me talk to you <laughs> yeah as a gm you have to be nice to your players i think in this one yeah let them um, have it for a while that replaces swift alchemy again as per usual at level 11 you lose your poison immunity ability and instead you gain death effect immunity so you cannot be the target of any kind of death effect and if you happen to get hit by negative energy you take half damage from it which is a pretty unique ability. I like that one. Yeah, it's good. There's a couple other like uh, races and stuff that 
deal with negative energy. Uh, Dampier comes Dampier, to mind. Dampier, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. So it's not something you can really get super often. So this is a new way to get that. So, like, if you're in, like, a campaign where you expect to see a lot more ghosts than poisons, no reason not to take this. Yeah. I mean, the immune-to-death effect thing is really powerful. And you know with the most recent book that came out at the time of this recording, Occult Adventures, they're trying to do some kind of weird stuff. You might have some... Go ahead, keep going. You might have, like, some new spiritual um, um, encounters happening now. People might be more interested in that since just now have some new rules available for that, like battling in the mental plane and stuff. So this might be one to look at. They maybe built this with knowing that's coming up in the future in their mind. Oh, I mixed my things up. At level two, you um, lose poison resistance, and that's what you get the bonus on death effects from. And I missed one. At level two, you also lose poison lore. And instead of poison lore, you get the ability to uh, spend, whenever you spend inspiration to make a saving throw, an empowered saving throw against an effect from an incorporeal creature, you use one less inspiration. So typically to empower a save, you spend two uses of inspiration, and you can add an inspiration dice to your save. It only costs one. If you take the combat inspiration feat, then you roll zero. You always add your inspiration to saves against incorporeals. Nice. So again, if you're going to get grabbed by the ghoulies, no reason not to grab this archetype. Our last one is the Steel Hound. Do you like or dislike this one before we even get into it? It's an investigator with a gun, so yes. Then I hate it. Tell me about this dumb one. What do you have against guns? Everything. I thought you were American. (laughs) I'm actually, my citizenship is in Canada. (laughs) You've discovered me. You found me out. Steel Hand. You infiltrator. (laughs) So when I think Steel Hand, I thought maybe he's going to be an armor. He gets a gun. What an interesting name for the archetype. But explain to me. I take it I get get weapon proficiency with um, (laughs) firearms. This is one of the firearm archetypes that isn't broken and gives you gunsmithing so you can actually, by the rules, use the gun. (laughs) So at level one, you lose your proficiency with the hand crossbow and the short bow and gain proficiency with one firearm of your choice. Okay. At level two, you lose poison use again, and you get the amateur gunslinger feat, and you get the gunsmithing feat, both which are really important. So you get a little pool of grit that you can use on one of the level one deeds, which you're forced to pick quick clear because if your gun jams, you're kind of shit out of luck. All right, cool. Looks like you can pick extra grit or rapid reload feats in place of investigator talents. Yes, which is nice. I mean, which is the worst. (laughs) Lame. (laughs) Am I right? Get some of those rogue talents. (laughs) Um, In place of swift alchemy, you get your own personal little deed called blind shot, where you spend one grit point and you ignore concealment against a target for one round, which is nice. If you, like, pinpointed an invisible creature... You can be like, oh, well, I'm never going to miss them now. (laughs) Or at least not because of concealment. And then at level 11, you may pick a gunslinger deed of your investigator level minus four in place of one of your talents. So you can pick a level seven gunslinger deed. Which is pretty nice. I can't think which one of the level seven ones. I want to say, like, Deadshot is one of them, where you pool all your attacks into one. And, and as you go up, you can pick more, because it's minus four, so when you're level 20, you know, you're picking a level 16. I don't know if you could do it on levels past 11. I feel like it would be worded, like, explicitly if you could do that. I You might just get the one. I'm honestly not sure about You're right. That. It doesn't say conflict deeds. It says a gunslinger deed. You're right. Fine. Scratch that. I mean, as a DM, I'd probably be like, no, do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's all right. I don't, if you want to use a gun and be an investigator... To be honest with you, this class didn't really interest me. I know it really interested you, and um, the archetypes, none of them really caught me. <laughs> I think Christian's about to murder me. <laughs> guys, guys, my house is at 4 <laughs> Sounds of scuffling as Caleb was pulled away from his chair. <laughs> um, and these archetypes really, none of them are grabbing me. I don't see in here like, oh man, it'd be great to be the Steel Hound. Uh, is there anything here that's grabbing you? I know the, ar- the, the I wanted this. I wanted the me. sleuth to grab me. And it's just so weak that it kind of ruined that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. None of them are like, wow, I really need to play this. It, I just feel like Vanilla Investigator is fine. These are like, they're like sideboarding in a card game. If you just happen to fight an incorporeal deck, then you sideboard your right, spiritualist right, right, archetype. Right, right. 
If you're in an illusion campaign, then you sideboard your empiricist cards. Right. Now, here you wrote, uh, for the empiricist, arguably better than the vanilla investigator, you crossed the row off and said, I was wrong. Is it still interesting to you? The oh, one of my one of the people I played with misread it. Um, you can spend a use of inspiration and use your int mod instead of your wisdom mod on um, illusion-based saving throws. The wording of it was a little funny in that he thought you could spend one use of inspiration to add your intelligence modifier instead of your wisdom modifier on any gotcha, will saving gotcha. throw, which is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> right. But it still is that one interesting though? Um, yeah, that one does because uh, the skill checks are really good and that's really it. I don't plan on going to level 20 and I usually don't care about losing Swift Alchemy because I don't sit there and like, what am I going to do with all this downtime? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, well, then let's go over our belts. Alright, so my build, despite the fact that there's probably a million things better at using poison than him, I want a poison build. I picked an elf because they have good... They have good dex and int, and my weapon is dex-based, and of course we need the int. Um, for my weapon, I picked a sword cane. The idea of this guy was kind of a campaign where it's not dungeon-crawly. It's more of kind like of like cosmopolitan yes, kind of thing? Yes, exactly. More of like what you picture the investigator doing. Cosmopolitan, like that's the perfect word to describe it. You're doing a lot of things in towns. You're dealing with nobles and assassinations and things like that. So he's a sword cane, right? And uh, so I got a feat called um, Weapon Finesse, which is a, a pretty uh, familiar feat to a lot of you. It allows me to use my dex modifier instead of my strength modifier on attack rolls. And that's okay for me because you'll see since I'm using poison, I don't really need to do a lot of strength damage with it. So I just do the basic 1d6 that I uh, can only do with Sword Cane. And I'm at, this is at level 5. And I'm doing a plus 7 to attack. No, uh, I want to note here, no magic items. This is all basic things, so I'm level 5. Um, I got uh, some equipment here that helps me with my poison. And one specific I really want to go over is the poisoning sheath. You can poison your sheath with a certain amount of uh, poisons, and it lasts for, like, I don't know, I think it's like a day. And um, you just by putting your sword in and unsheathing it, you automatically poison it. Mm. It's good for people who can accidentally poison themselves. You can't eventually, but at level 5 I can. So I don't have a risk of poisoning myself, and I can use it up to, I think, four times until I have to, you know, re-put the poison on there. Uh, so I've, I'm just, my gym, I'm sure, would let me just say my poisoning sheath is my cane sheath. Right, right. right. And uh, a poison pill ring, which allows me to hide poison in my ring. It's another thing, like, I'm cosmopolitan. I'm not f flaunting, hey, I'm going to poison and kill everybody. I'm trying to kind of hide that sort of thing. I've got a sword and a cane. I've got a, a, a poison and a ring. Um, you hand them a napkin, and as your hand is over their cup of tea, your yeah. poison pill falls Correct. in. Correct. Don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I got a liquid blade, which is like a little alchemical item that you, you open, and then you just fling, and it hardens so quickly you have a blade that acts as a short sword with the fragile quality. So that if I'm, like, disarmed, like, we're going to have to take a cane, sir. Oh, okay. All right. And then, like, in the middle, what's well, I got a sword. <laughs> you can actually put that in a spring-loaded wrist sheath. Uh, yes, yeah, I so could. you can just pop it in your hand and then right, right. If I'm gonna go through the bother of hiding a spring-loaded wrist sheath. I'm gonna put a knife in there. <laughs> if I can hide that, I can hide a knife. Well, no, they give you like a really big bonus. Oh, okay. they give you like a plus ten or twenty to your sleight of hand check. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then just a couple other items like antitoxins and antidote kits and stuff like that in case my, my allies get poisoned. You're hiding the poison in the stevia, right? <laughs> uh, I got master alchemist since I'm gonna be using uh, making a lot of poisons. Oh, yes. And that's another feat. And then... Uh, that, that's the one that lets you make, like, multiple doses, I think, is of the, poison at once? Yes. Equal to my intelligence modifier. So, so I have a good intelligence modifier. Insightful delivery is something I would want to get at level 10, which is as soon as I can get it, which uh, improves my poisoning. Um, when I use my... It just makes it better when I combine it with my studied strike. Your poison DC is increased by half your studied strike dice. Right. So at level 10, you get a plus 2 to the DC of your poisons. Mm -hmm. uh, for my investigator talents, I picked uh, Concentrate Poison, which I can actually add two effects to a poison with one um, strike. Ooh, okay. So I can do a con and a strength one. Like, I, I would you know team those up. If I'm going against a wizard, maybe I would go an int and wisdom one or something like that. 
Or maybe I'll just add Khan to everything, because Khan is so powerful. Khan Drain. Um, and then I have Quick Study, uh, which, when we went over this investigator, we pretty much said, this is a talent you should be taking. Yeah, it's, it's, I find it so hard not to take it. Yeah. The, the action economy it gives you is just insane. Right. Which allows me to use Studied Combat as a swift action. There's a bunch of... I automatically added extracts to, extracts to my book that regarded poison. I probably won't prepare a lot of them, because they're things that, like... I get, like, immunity and stuff like that. It doesn't matter anymore to me, but it could be helpful to my allies, and they might come up. But um, different extracts would help me. Um, mainly, I want to pick things that are going to help me hit, because I'm not doing a lot of damage. My idea is to do study somebody, deliver that poison, let my team take them down. And like you said, this isn't this isn't this is not going to be good in a dungeon crawly thing. This guy will not excel there. He will do very poorly, and you'll be like, "Can you please reroll a new character?" <laughs> but um, but I think in- please stop trying to invite the you know ogre guarding the treasure over for tea. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can do some underhanded maneuvers. That they don't like tea. <laughs> Listen, if we're his best friend... Maybe chamomile. Maybe we'll hand over the Grand Scroll. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that's my guy. Uh, definitely very niche. Uh, he's not, like, the best even at what he does. But I, I mean, thought it was interesting. Just by proxy of being an investigator, you're going to be really good at skill checks. Oh, yeah. My skill checks? Uh, I had this funny idea of... So being like, I'm super good at bluff, and I'm super good at diplomacy. Mm-hmm. I made him, like, average on everything. Like, I spread it out as evenly as I could mm-hmm. so that he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, man of the world. Well, the, the <laughs> saying is, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. So I thought it'd be kind of funny where he, like, you know, you're not really reliable. <laughs> but I have, like, I can do, if there's a check I can do, chances are I can do it. At least try it. And you can of... spend inspiration on it to be True. potentially even better. Right. A lot of plus sixes, plus sevens, and plus eights. Knowledge check, I know everything about everything. So, yeah. But again, since it's like a plus eight, it's like, well, I know a little bit about everything. So it's like, oh, the nobles, let me tell you about them. And it's like, I tell you this a little bit. Please roll two or higher on my inspiration. Yeah. Oh, arachnids, well, arachnids. And it's like all these like basic, did you know they have multiple legs? And, and then like a Did you know of- that they're also sometimes referred to as spiders? <laughs> and then like irrelevant information that like you would have to know it, but it means nothing. Like, did you know they don't have muscles, but they move their legs by increasing the blood flow? To those ligaments. Isn't that interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's my guy. Now let's change gears completely to my superpower gamed. Like I had theory crafted when we initially made the investigator video. Investigators could... Video? We made a video? Oh, I, I say that a lot, don't I? <laughs> no, it's the first time you said it. But I, do I like, know I said it before. Did you? I do like now that uh, we're going to have to make a video. Okay, yeah. And I'll dress it has up. to be about dress the investigator. In, yeah. <laughs> you be investigator, I'll be your evil anti-paladin, and we're going to have to rent, have, a, rent a pig. We'll yeah. have to rent one. <laughs> I had said that, like, investigator can be really good at combat. You know, they're not just a skill monkey. They could also be really good at combat. And I wanted to essentiate that. I wanted to make a build that took all the options I said and see exactly what happened. Psh, how are you going to do that? I don't believe you, Christian. It's I actually believe him. It's part of the part of the ruse. Well, antagonist, <laughs> thank you for doubting me. I choose a human. You don't have a lot of hit points. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't need him. He, he hasn't rolled his hit points. That's why I'm saying this. <laughs> you, you have a deep. Wow, you're you're level nine with only forty four hit points. Hmm. <laughs> So I'm a human for no particular reason. Oh my gosh, reason. wait. I guess the idea would be someone that's, you know, not just an investigator. They're very callous when they do their investigations and they're trying to just get the job done. And when they finally do find the bad thing behind whatever they're investigating, they can take it out. Like, they're not just finding it and being like, okay, team, go. It's like they find it and they're like, all right, let's <laughs> go. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> let's go to work. Um, so I choose Our a human. to roll out. <laughs> I choose a human. Because, you know, who doesn't like bonus feats, who doesn't like plus two to any stat. I would contemplate switching the skilled feat, because I already have so many skill points per level as a smart investigator, with something like Heart of the Field, where I get eh, half my level to one craft check, and choose craft alchemy, and be even better at alchemy. Okay. Um, I didn't choose a archetype, so I've still got swift alchemy under my belt. All right. So this build, I immediately put to level 9, because that's when you get combat inspiration, and that's when it really takes off the ground. All right. So for my investigator talents, in this order, I pick Mutagen, Quick Study, Amazing Inspiration, 
and combat inspiration. Between amazing inspiration and combat inspiration, I'm rolling D8s and I'm doing it in combat as well. And quick study, I can study as a swift action. And mutagen, I pick a dexterity-based mutagen. I get plus, I think, four to my dexterity, and I take a, I get a plus two to my natural armor, and I take a minus two penalty to my wisdom. It lasts ten minutes a level, so it's lasting an hour and thirty minutes at this level. So if it happens to be a dungeon crawl, it's going to last basically the whole dungeon crawl. As for my stats, I have high dex, high int, I dropped Charisma down a little bit because, like I said, he's callous. Doesn't really care about people's feelings or emotions. Just trying to get to the bottom of it. The, you know, like the Sherlock Holmes type. Right, right. Cerebral, but he lost some social interaction. Uh, Enough con to survive in melee because it is a melee combatant. And 13 strength so I can just power attack because it's power attack. Everyone wants power attack for the most part. Yep. You can do this with a strength-based build, which is actually really interesting. I chose to go dex-based. So did I. I find it interesting. I just find it more investigatory. It, it, it I, I, I don't think of a really swole guy walking around solving crimes. I think it complements some skills that you need to as, as well. Because well, like, what does strength help you with? Climb and swim? Goody goody. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, as for my feats, this was also a very straightforward array of feats. I take weapon finesse so I can use my dexterity. I then take fencing grace, which allows me to use my dexterity for damage when I'm using a rapier. Okay. So I'm very, very dex-based. So so that's a... Must be a swashbuckle. You got your rapier stuff. Yeah. I take... Weapon Focus Rapier. What an unfortunate name for a weapon. Rapier? Yeah, rapier. Because it sounds like rapier. I think we've had this conversation before. Probably. It I mean, sounds like rapier. The first time I ever saw rapier was when I was like... I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young, and I was playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And of course. I, I found it. I was like, oh, no, there's a bad word. <laughs> but, oh, it's so cute. I have a little Christian going, oh, this is mommy. Don't look. <laughs> uh, no, I was more like, I hope my parents don't see that, so they would bring it back to Blockbuster. Right. It's like also like uh, rapeseed oil. Like rapeseed. Name that so long ago. <laughs> what is it? It's like uh, flax, right? I have no idea. Regardless, like there's other names for it, but yeah. the old name is rapeseed. I take a- so like if if you have a town that's like known for growing rape seeds, it's like rape capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the rape stain, <laughs> the rapiest. Okay, let's go on <laughs> to your rapier that you've gotten feats to help. With. I I took toughness just for more hit points because I want to subsist in melee combat, and I took expert extra inspiration because I'm going to be using my uh, inspiration points in combat. Okay. Very important, I took an Inspired Rapier. A plus one Inspired. Inspired is a special weapon enchantment that I talked about during the original episode. It was introduced with this book. Mm-hmm. With an Inspired Weapon, you roll one Inspiration Dice, you add whatever you roll to the weapon's attack roll, and you add double that roll to your damage roll. Mm-hmm. So if you roll an eight, you add eight, because I'm using an Amazing Inspiration, I roll D8s. I add an eight to the attack roll and 16 to the damage roll. Wow. So, should con- I, I'm already good at skills. I'm an investigator. It goes without saying I'm good. I have a ton of skill points for being a smart Every, Almost everything's a class skill. Everything's a class skill. So, I can get around outside Except of- for, like, fly. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I can just use airwalk. Who cares? So, should combat happen, I drink my mutagen. Increase my dexterity. I drink a potion of heroism, which gives me a plus two on all my attack rolls and saving throws and skill checks for an hour and 30 minutes at this point. I study a person. I activate power attack. And then, just with all that, before I even spend inspiration, at level 9, I'm sitting at plus 19 to attack. Uh, my iterative attack would be a plus 14. And I, I'm dealing 1d6 plus 16. Wow. Now, remember, I can spend an inspiration point where I, you know, roll 1d8... Add double that roll to the attack and uh, that roll to the damage. To compare this, to kind of put it in perspective, let's look at a rogue or a ninja, that kind of thing. Sneak attack at level 10 would be 5d6? Yes. And what's the average of rolling 5d6? 3.5 times 5. So? Like 17 point something. 17 points of damage while you're doing 16 without your bonus. Yeah. So you're, very, you're comparable to sneak attack damage. Yes. And that's just a, that's just a, the sneak attack we didn't add the normal damage of a rogue. But you guys get the point. He is he's becoming comparable to a rogue sneak attack. 
Now, something else to mention is that because I'm high dex, because I get the natural AC bonus, I haven't even put on armor yet, and I have 19 AC. If I slap on a buckler and enchant that, and I slap on, like, armor and enchant that, I'm looking at having, like, 26, 28 AC at this level. Which is, like, I'm not supposed to be a melee combatant. I have all these skill points, and I have all these extracts and spells, and I can actually stand toe-to-toe with most fighters at this point. When you guys hear our episode on party roles, you'll find out one of the roles is Skill Monkey, and this guy fits very well into that role, as well as a frontline fighter, somebody out in the front. And I find it interesting, like, this is this is the guy that can dungeon crawl. Yes. If needed. He would he wouldn't want to, but right. he, he'd be good at it. And this is and I all I've added on this so far was a belt of dexterity and a belt uh, headband of intelligence. That's all I put so far. I can go further, there's a lot more stuff I can add to this. Right. But this is just the baseline combat investigator that I really like. And it's a l I don't think I'd actually play it just because it's so power gamey. Mm, like I, I, I don't feel like I'd be enough of a jerk to play this. Well, I don't think you're not outshining too many people. This isn't like if you power gamed a summoner, right? Yeah, I guess not. I mean, but, but I mean that's comparing power it to, gaming. This, I, I think the fact that you just compared it to summoner just speaks <laughs> volumes about it. I think when you power game this, you're, you're meeting some of the average output of people who are designed to fight at your levels. So you're not outshining anybody, and your skills are already supposed to outshine people. So I don't think it's too bad. I mean. I've, I find playing with investigators, they tend to dominate outside of combat stuff because their skill checks are so good. They're right. good at all the knowledge checks. They can spend inspiration on anything else. And I don't want to you know, risk the chance of being too good in combat. So okay, everyone's yeah, like, okay, fair why am nice I even me. here? Let's just let the investigator do it. Yeah, we don't want that. Well, well done. It's definitely a build that uh, does more damage than I thought it could ever get to. <laughs> I mean, if you roll that 8 on the inspiration roll, yeah. that's plus 36 damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's not even a sneak attack. You can just uh, do 32. It. I can't do math. 32. It's just if you hit him. You know, sneak right. attack. And then you can do the study strike for, I think at this level, it's 3d6. Excellent. All right. Well, that concludes our investigator completely. We're done with him. Yes. All right. So, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for staying for extra credit. And class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening.